0: O God, speak to me that I may hear, and speak through me that we all may hear. And having heard your word afresh and anew today, make us doers of it and not hearers only. For it's in Jesus' name that we ask, amen. Well, there's three people I want to talk about today in this encounter that Jesus has at a dinner. Gathering. You know, Jesus was oftentimes invited over to eat at people's homes, and sometimes it was with tax collectors that were very wealthy and considered corrupt. Sometimes it was with sinners, people that were of ill repute. Sometimes it was among the religious faithful, like the Pharisee, and that is the case with Simon, whose house he went to today. So let's think about the three people that Jesus addresses and mentions in that so we can learn a little bit about how it is that we can let go of our resentments. And the first of those, of course, is Simon the leper. No, don't get them confused. There are many Simons in the gospel, but Simon the Pharisee is the home to which Jesus was invited to go and in which he had this encounter. A lot of scholars wonder and they ask why is it that Jesus was invited by one of the Pharisees because he was considered quite cutting edge, even scandalous in the day, according to the religious faithful. The Pharisees were very intent on keeping holy and faithful these laws that they had been given from the Old Testament. And we're not speaking about just ten commandments as Moses brought down from the mountain. But approximately, or maybe precisely 613 different religious laws they prided themselves in keeping. They were the toast of the synagogues on Saturday morning when they gathered for worship. And they paraded their way through their towns and villages, like in Galilee, where this man Simon lived, very proud about their religious accomplishment and faithfulness. Why was it that Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus to his home? We're pretty sure it was not out of the the graciousness of his heart. Did you notice that the three things that normally would be done for someone as they were a guest in your home in the Middle Eastern culture 2,000 years ago did not happen by Simon or at his direction? There was no servant there to wash Jesus' feet as would normally be the case. There was no one there to put a spot of of oil upon the head of the guest. Why? Because they didn't want to stink up the place. It smelled good. It was, a, it was a beautiful thing. There was no holy kiss, no kiss of welcome that Simon should have given to Jesus and all the other guests. And we wonder even at the presentation of this woman who was known in town as being a woman not faithful to God and sinful if perhaps she wasn't invited as well in order to discredit Jesus and allow the encounter to take place that did. Simon, the Pharisee, invited Jesus to his house and perhaps had ulterior motives. But Jesus, all the wiser, of course, noticed that Simon was not there pointing out to his other guest, the goodness that Jesus brought, the forgiveness. It's interesting, one scholar particularly notes about him or about this encounter in Luke's Gospel, and only in Luke's Gospel, that it says that Simon thought to himself the thought of resentment that we're springboarding from today. Did you notice what he said to to himself? Speaking to himself. Verse 39 says, when, when, the Pharisees saw, uh, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman this is, that she is a sinner. He said to himself, He didn't speak it audibly. No one heard him say it. And yet Jesus was able to perceive what was going on and through his mind summarily he was judging the woman for her sinfulness and Jesus, because he believed he was unfaithful and a false prophet. Now, I don't know about you, but that screams to me that the man had a lot of baggage weighing him down, a lot of heavy things, resentment towards other people, perhaps, perhaps he felt like the world was not fair and, and that it was the law that decided what was fair and not fair. He was not very happy with either of them and probably had ulterior motives for bringing the both there together. His resentment, that deep-seated disregard for someone else for, for maybe unspoken reasons, jaded him to the fact that the Son of God was with him and that the gift of grace had entered his home. Jesus came to forgive and and to offer this woman freedom, and to set her free, and yet the Pharisee could not understand, would not allow himself to see past his blinders of, of judgment, and even of, of uh, seeing people not as they truly are, because he had a hate in his heart. How is it that resentment controls us, and and deep-seatedly in us keeps us from loving as Jesus calls us to love. Well, it's oftentimes what? When we feel that the world is not fair, or maybe somebody has gotten something that we haven't. Maybe it's someone that, that is forgiven of a debt that we don't think they deserve to be forgiven of. Maybe someone gets a job promotion that that they haven't worked as hard for as we have and yet the world it feels or our boss or the company looks us over and goes on to the next person and promotes them instead sometimes we we suffer in silence because we are not courageous enough to speak our mind and say no when injustices are done against us or when when a slight is made intentionally or not intentionally towards us and in doing so we bottle up within us the words that we want to say and the reaction that we have and it turns into a hardened anger called resentment. It's, uh, it's difficult to let go of resentment and it takes God's help. Jesus showed this intentional and powerful capacity, did he not? to forgive and to love in Simon the Pharisee's house in a way that none of us could humanly possibly do. Jesus is a superhero, right? No. Jesus is the Son of God and has the power of God in him and the Spirit of God moving him and driving him. I know there are people in my life that I have to forgive of things that I cannot forgive on my own. Some I can, but some I can't. But Jesus comes to show us that there is a divine strength, a capacity, an ability through the Holy Spirit that enables us to show love, mercy, and forgiveness to those that even judge us and to those even that we don't agree with the way in which they live. Right now, we live in a time of great divisiveness. I think most people agree with that. We don't want to speak to people that see things differently than us. Or we harbor resentments because, well, they're just not on our team or our side or don't have the same philosophy that we do. Or maybe something way in the past has jaded us towards them. We all need to see a gift of grace that... Jesus offers to this, this man, Simon the Pharisee, and to this woman, and realize that we are given that gift of grace and called to go and share it with others. It's a, a drop of fresh water in an otherwise very dry time in which we live. Jesus came and spoke to and taught the Pharisee, the sinful woman, he also. Addressed and spoke to because she is the one that really came and gave to him what it was that anyone that was a decent guest to someone coming for dinner would have done. She did what the holy, religious Pharisee man would not do. She showed a gift of, of grace and welcome. She worshiped Jesus and with great and sincere intent The tears alone show us that she recognized her sinfulness in light of Jesus' divineness, much like Peter that said in Luke's Gospel, "Uh, Go away from me, for I am an unclean man. And yet she came, and she she poured out perfume upon his feet that was of great expense in that day and age. She did the servant's work, the lowest of the low, by washing his feet. She kissed his feet as a sign of friendship and adoration, a sign of peace. And in all of that, Jesus recognizes her faith and forgives her of her sin. That's refreshing for us all to know that as we go and we worship Christ, and as we are moved to confess our sin before him, he forgives us and shows us that love, mercy, and forgiveness. But it's also good for us to celebrate and know that that is a gift that Jesus came to bring to all of the world. The woman gave great sacrifice to worship Jesus there at his feet. And in just a couple of weeks, we will be celebrating great sacrifice that Jesus makes on our behalf in the lowest of the low rolls of going to suffer and to die upon the cross, a a cruel and horrible death. Why? Out of an act of worship or an act of love for us all in in worship of his Father in heaven. We look at the the resentful Pharisee. We see the sinful woman and and are reminded of God's grace. And the last of the folks in this passage I'll share about is the moneylender. Did you catch the passage that was the parable that Jesus posed to Simon the Pharisee? There's one person that owns a whole lot of money that's unpayable in that day and age. And there's a person that owns a little note and could probably pay it back in in a year or two. And the moneylender forgives them both, all summarily together. Blanket forgiveness of the debt. And which does it mean more to? Jesus asks Simon. And he says, of course, because he's caught up in thinking of the parable, it's it's the person who cannot ever pay back the debt that is forgiven that will be most grateful. And Jesus says, correct answer, Simon. This woman is the one whose debt is forgivable, and as are yours, but her debt is so great that she has a faith and a freedom that has saved her. The one thing that Simon is missing, despite his religious fervor and his faithfulness to the law and and even his um, hospitality, a hosting guest in his home, the one thing he is missing is a capacity of faith to trust that God's grace is sufficient for all things. I hope you know that today. I hope that you remember that for yourself but especially in your treatment of others because it's so easy to feel that we have been done an injustice or that we've been taken advantage of it's easy to fall victim to to what we feel are slights of us to feel like sometimes maybe um, maybe we don't um, matter as much as others in the world and yet Jesus says it differently, doesn't he? And when we hold resentment towards others, it keeps us from seeing the world and, and God in the way that Jesus came to teach us and to die for us. The quote has been said before that resentment towards others is like drinking a poison. We drink it and we're just waiting for the other person to die. Resentment can deep-seatedly jade us to others and blind us to God and keep us from the joy and the peace that Jesus came to show us. He um, offers us the invitation all the time to bring to Him all of those things that we are heavy-laden with. Where is it in your life that you, you resent something? Where is it that you need to let it go and to let God do in you a new, new thing to enable you to forgive. I'll close with a, a short story about two monks that are carrying heavy loads. And this is years ago, they were on a long journey walking in Europe through the countryside, going to a, a village to help some monks there bring in their crop. Uh, at the end of the season. They had both promised and made a vow of silence as they went that they would focus on God praying until they arrived at their destination. And so walked they did until they came to this woman that was stranded on the side of the river that they needed to cross to go to the village where they were going. And the woman, crying, herself, unable to get into the water and go across because of the current and because she was older, she looked at them with great sadness. And the first monk broke his vow of silence and said, Ma'am, do you need to get across the river? And she said yes, and he invited the second monk to help him hold their arms together and carry her across and set her down on the other side, which safely uh, they were able to do. They went on their way and continued walking, and a mile or two along the journey, the second monk began to complain. Look at my clothes, how muddy they are from having to carry that woman across the stream, and my back is still hurting from lifting her. I can feel it stiffening up right now, and And you broke our vow of silence. I may as well tell you how I feel about it now. The first monk continued on their journey silently. And another mile down the road, finally, in great, great fashion, the second monk just stopped and sat down in the middle of the path and said, I have had all that I can take and I cannot go on anymore because of what... You did back there. And the second monk, trying not to laugh, just smiled and said, My dramatic brother, yes, your back may truly hurt and your clothes may be dirty, but at least I left that woman back at the stream five miles ago, whereas you have been carrying her ever since. And it's a great illustration to show us that the weight of resentment towards others, towards duties that we have towards people that we may not like is only hurting us and keeping us from traveling as Christ intends. Who is it that you hold resentment towards today or maybe need to examine your heart and ask God to point out to you where it is you need to love and to forgive and to be a person of grace